everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 524, uh, recording today live on Wednesday the 21st of February. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, feels like. like I, it feels like I didn't do a show last week. I feel a little bit underprepared somehow, but I think it's just because we, we took a couple of weeks off for NAM. So we're back in. Um, if you're wondering what on earth I'm talking about, this is the Music Technology Podcast. We talk about music technology, software, synthesizers, kind of uh, any other kind of stuff, controllers, or um, standards, all of that kind of thing. So I want to welcome our guests. Uh, we'll start with Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in his crib. Last week he was just in uh, in his in his regular room, but now he's now he's back in front of his uh, beautiful Neve, uh, his uh, facility in London, where it's uh, very moodily lit. How are you, Yoad? Are you well? <laughs> yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. And uh, so you back on the uh, on the, on the production gig at the moment? Is that what you're doing there at the, right now? Kind of, yeah. Production, mixing, but I have a few kind of very unstable plugins that we're developing that I I kind of try to incorporate into the productions. I remember to print everything I do with them because, you know, tomorrow they're not going to work or even <laughs> later today. So, uh, so it's interesting. So, of course, that would only be during the development process. When they finally reach the light of day, they're going to be uh, super Absolutely. stable and all Absolutely. of those things, of course. Yeah. I just thought I'd better yeah, yeah, put yeah. that in but, there but, on your behalf. I'm the sales guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is, this is a, it's quite a, an important part of the, of the developing process because um, last week I was in, in Tel Aviv at the Waves headquarters where we developed the, the plugins, but, um, you know, developing it in a kind of lab environment is one thing, but then actually trying it them in the real world uh, is a different thing, and it has to be done very, like way before it goes out to testers and things like that. It's it's yeah. Well, I mean, you can't you very, can't exactly you can't think of everything, can you? And sometimes you just go, oh goodness, there's something we missed, you know, and and therefore you know there's a configuration. Yeah, but it's but... usually usually it's just the, the bare processing, so it doesn't. I, I you know I can't show any screenshots or anything like that, but it looks like a page with things. It looks sometimes it's, more oh, like it's got an no Excel sheet right. rather than yeah, and 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 it's very unstable and it's very fiddly, and you have to remember there's no there's nothing basically. There's a bunch of numbers, and you basically design the engine and and tweak the engine. So uh, it's, but I like it. It's interesting. I guess that's sort of similar to prototyping, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've been to a couple of places where, you know, I've been called in to kind of hear a synth in development and maybe throw a couple of, you know, ideas or thoughts on it. And sometimes what you see is like a circuit board with a bunch of wires hanging out and it's just sort of balanced on a bit of polystyrene. And you have absolutely no kind of, you know, you've got no sense of what the interface is going to be like. You're just listening to the kind of processing and the sound of it. And there's absolutely no, you know, it's an interesting thing. And I suppose that's the software equivalent. Hadn't really thought about. It. I've never seen a plugin at that stage in its in, in the, its career. In I making, suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I suppose. Well, I mean, that that's when it actually runs in a door. Sometimes it, I can only run it on PC. Sometimes I can, you know, it doesn't work on audio units. Sometimes, you know, it's it's like because it's not a plugin. It's it's a thing. You know, it doesn't meant it doesn't reach the the the, the software kind of. Uh, part of of the, the design it's actually just a mathematical kind of concept ah, okay. um, you know so so 
but it's like taking pedals apart and building stuff yeah it's like it's exactly like that but it's a, it's a creative process and it's really yeah i'm really enjoying it so far Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And, uh, uh, well, after that uh, introduction, we'll uh, also go to our second guest. It's Mr. Non-Eric from Muso Talk TV, live from Berlin, looking very uh, relaxed and, uh, and and um, I don't know what else to say. How are you? You well? You, you are looking well. I'm fine. And just to make it clear... There is hair under the ah, yeah, yeah, good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's to, a rarity. You know, to get that out of the door, you know. So just make clear, though. no wrong assumptions here, please. Hi, so, everybody. Yes. Hi yes. and hi to you. I, I guess um, we we didn't see you. We haven't seen you for a while, and um, I know you weren't at Nam uh, generally. I suppose it'd be worth starting off with kind of your impressions of that. Was there anything that you saw at Nam that made you think, "Oh, that's interesting"? I would like to have seen that in person, or are you already uh, uh, kind of clear on what what was going to be there? And you know, as many of us, we sometimes get a heads up before before they actually arrive. Yeah, that is the the general problem with. Uh trade shows these days is that it's um, most of the products are already uh, announced two days before the show a hundred videos online before the show and so this sort of it's not a, a trade show these days just isn't a, a product launch event anymore and that uh, of course for you and i it makes it a little bit difficult because we really want to go to a trade show and show some really new stuff and mostly it's uh, the smaller companies um, that you're not really uh, aware of and that you meet at the trade show for maybe the for the first time like i remember when um, peter neudecker was at the music messe uh, showing melodyne for the first time and everybody was going oh wow what is this you know it was the talk of the show these days it's um, it's it's different i think um, what do you think nick i mean yeah well you know you you still get those moments but they're i mean i suppose it's harder to come up to to, to sort of suddenly appear with Something that's sort of as I mean, I think you know the the Melodyne example is such a uh, it, it was so radical and so it was almost like witchcraft. It was just something so completely out of our you know they did it twice, didn't they? they did it with just the sort of the straight Melodyne where it was changing the the notes, but then they did it again with the polyphonic Melodyne, which everybody yeah, was DNA, even more the DNA, the DNA stuff, thing, yeah. yeah. yeah so great. yeah, but you don't get those moments so so often. I would say that's that's fair to say. I mean, people. That I guess the the kind of you know if you look at kind of opportunities, the gaps between the things that already exist become narrow and narrower. So finding something that is just so completely uh, brand new is less. I likely. mean, every every uh, industry has this this um, progression. You know, they it, at first it's everybody tries everything is very in, in, innovative and um, people are trying out different things all the time and then at the but after a couple of iterations it sort of boils down what a car is you know it's got a clutch it's got a brake and the steering wheel and the steering wheel is on the left or on the right side of the car blah 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 and so at the end of an industry uh, after this cycle you know the 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 the, the differences the differentiation between the products becomes smaller and smaller and smaller and 
and people try to innovate because it's so much easier to promote a new product than something that's already established. But it's very, very hard to come up some, with something yeah. drastically new these days. That's true. And I think we just have to live with with it and just uh, sometimes I think it's also a problem that, you know, Nick, you and I, we've been around for so many years doing this, you know, looking for new products, talking about new products, reviewing. And I think it maybe it's for somebody who's just turned 20. This all <laughs> might, might be totally exciting, you know, because they've never heard of autotune or melodyne and now they just realize what they can do and they'd be really excited you know to make music these days and they don't need a neve desk you know anymore it's just a phone <laughs> well yeah that's true there is there is an element of that that's a good point though i mean i don't know what you think about that yeah and i mean the 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 the, the, the innovation cycle is difficult and also i suppose you get the situation where you know, to create something that's innovative requires a larger team of people. So it's much harder to keep under wraps. You're less likely to be one guy who just turns up, oh, I thought I'd come along and show you this idea I had. And everybody just goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. You know. Uh, yeah, first I have to say that my Neve can make calls, actually. So, uh... <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice joke. I yeah. love that. <laughs> yeah. What's the phone number? No, no one seems to, I mean, no one seems to pick up on the other end, but you can make calls with it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, it, it kind of relates to what we, we talked just before the, the, the show about having been in the, like, Atari days and multi-track days and all that. And I'm glad that I had the opportunity to actually, to have been there and, and witnessed the, the transition or the transformation to, to digital, to, uh working in the box to to i mentioned it last time that i was mixing experimenting with and and actually mixing albums with seven computers uh because you couldn't run everything and you couldn't do everything in in the box of one system so i had seven systems all synced together and it was it was really exciting uh and it seems that that it we quite yeah it's quite saturated and we quite uh spoiled and and I think that that newcomers are are a bit yeah are very much spoiled because they just get you know there was one there was one guy I I, I didn't haven't heard it myself but someone told me that there was a young remixer is is probably twenty now but he was seventeen at the time and he said uh, to to a friend of mine I work only with analog. I use the SSL plugins. I use the Neve plugins. <laughs> right. You know, and uh, and it's like a yeah, it's a different it's, paradigm, it, I suppose, in many ways. Well, yeah, yeah, that, and, well, that's it, and interesting. it's hard to it, it's, that's it's hard to, to to surprise and and be surprised or be kind of amazed and uh, and 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 all that, but. Uh, well, yeah, I, I I take your point there. I mean, I think there's a thing. I, I suppose that that kind of leads us nicely into a first topic, which is this kind of uh, concept of this uh, new modular software hybrid type of thing. And this is this is a, a video posted by Loop Pop. See something fishy? Well, more than half the modules here aren't really here. If you've been watching this channel, you've seen me go down the slippery slope of modular. But if you ask me what's the one must-have Eurorack module, it's none of what I've used so far. As a matter of fact, I haven't seen this on any must-have lists, but I think that ever since VC VRAC came out, the must-have lists need to change. 
Because it turns out combining virtual and hardware modules is actually quite simple. You see, modular can be very... Right, so you get the gist of that. I mean, uh, obviously, that's VCV rack, which is, starts out as a as a free thing. I mean, it mostly it's case free. There are other flavors of it available. But what's interesting about this is the idea of combining the both of these things, because obviously, you know, Eurorack has it can do certain things. Certain certain uh, things sound great. Certain things, you know, you don't really need modules to deal with that sort of stuff. And the idea of being able to create a hybridized system is actually quite interesting and it seems to be gaining momentum i mean we've got the uh obviously got soft tube modular we've got the um uh reactor blocks we've got cherry audio voltage modular which is not something that is out yet but i think that showed up at nam and so there are these there are these abilities to create uh sort of this hybrid based system particularly with the dc coupled interfaces the expert sleeper stuff and you know various other aspects moti do a lot of things as well i'll just start with you um non eric i mean i know you've not really embraced the modular though i can see you have an ms is that a 20 or a 10 over there it's a 20 isn't it 20 20 yes so semi-modular hooray have, have you looked into the vcv rack sort of whole thing or you know systems like that it is very impressive i have to say the way that that particular system works but uh, i don't know if you've exposed yourself to it that doesn't sound a bit wrong. Um, first, I just want to make a quick remark uh, regarding the last topic, innovation. Um, in the old days, one man was able to do the Apple computer too. That was Steve Wozniak. So it took only one guy to do a whole computer. Today, you need 2,000 <laughs> or 3,000 people. Uh, I think that's also a point. Um, in Once uh, products have become so mature that you need so you need a quadruple amount of uh, R&D to be in uh, to make the next step. But on the modular side, I think what is surprising for me is I always thought that the modular, the, 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 the core idea of using a modular system was to be able to turn a knob, use your hands, you know, do all this sort of tactile sort of thing and fiddle around and have this not been uh, not being able to save patches and blah, blah, blah. So it was all a different kind of mindset. So if I start using a, the soft tube modular, I'm back into my on my computer with the mouse and blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure. I think it's I think we're trying to to go in one direction because we like something like being able to grab a knob, turn it, use a cable, just put it in there and uh, tweak it and just go wild, uh, but in a, in, a, in a more physical way. When, when we go back to using a modular system inside a computer, we're back to the mouse, blah, 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 this sort of thing, and we lose all that, and we don't really, really gain... Uh, uh, sonically much because uh, let's face it if you have a, um, a UE uh, Bacilla or what it's called you know the semi-modular things you can play around with this stuff you, you come very close to sounds that could be a, from a from a modular system so it's not I don't think it's about the sounds you know a, it's a, about a, a general listener would, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to to tell the difference, I could create what somebody creates on a, a Duffer system in my computer, no sweat, but it would be a different way to create. And it's a way to create that that is, I think, the core uh, difference between a modular system and a computer. 
I would agree. I would I would come back at you with the notion. I mean, th- this is where I found out the VCV route or the soft tube modular, which I also enjoyed. The thing that I found that I was doing was, you know, because I've got some modular stuff, I've got some synthesis stuff, I might create a patch on a piece of hardware and I got all the kind of joy and it, uh, of making that patch and creating it in the physical sense and then <clears throat> it it maybe inspired me to come up with some melodies or lines or whatever. But then I sort of think, well, I want I want to keep that. So that you can, in many ways, you can recreate part of the patch or some of the patch in software. So you can bring it back if you want to, or you could use it as a starting point. And because you're, if you're talking about a hybrid system, you know, you've still got the physical because the physical is the part, is the other part of the system. It just maybe takes away some of the stuff because that you don't need to be bothering with, you know, the recreation because that's not always some of the stuff that you patch is mechanical. It's rooting. It doesn't do anything. It just takes from yeah. A to B. Whereas the things that you maybe got your hands on is is the creative part of it. I mean, there's generally the problem uh, with using a modular system and hardware is how do I integrate it into the rest of my workflow? So at the end of the day, there will be some kind of computer sitting somewhere, a DAW to record, maybe you need to sync. So in a, in a way, uh, we always have to deal with a hybrid system at the end of the day. So, yeah. uh, you know, what what we've seen here is it goes a little bit deeper is there's more integration between the software and the hardware. And that can be helpful for somebody uh, who, who, who wants to take that sort of sonic experience that he created on the modular and use that in a more traditional in song environment or a track environment. And at the end of the day, it's going to be on some kind of door, isn't it? Yeah, it probably will, unless you record live to stereo. I don't know. Um, sorry. Yeah, sorry. No problem. Just go ahead. So, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know what you think about this, because I know you've got modular stuff, and you're always kind of saying you don't really get much time mm-hmm. to play with it. You know, if I don't know if you've experienced some of this this in-the-box modular uh, uh, gear. And, you know, the, the software modular is actually quite intuitive. You know, there are certain – they've still got time to mature, but the, hybrid, the notion of a hybrid sure. system seems to kind of have a lot of legs to me. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, back in the day, I used to use um, Creamware Scope, uh, which was an amazing system. It was really, really good for, for a lot of things, but it had a really good modular as well. Um, and so, so I've, yeah, so, you, you know, I've messed up with modular on the screen. There's something about it. Um, there's a, obviously, there's something about tweaking knobs and, and patching cables and things like that. And I, for me, I'm kind of. I see. I see the point in in both kind of views. Um, but I'm. I, I like. I like being in control, and I like the, the the. I would probably spend more time. Trying to save presets and trying to automate the way, you you interfere with modular and trying to get it. To, to a state where you can recall it and, and and control it and I'm actually trying to 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 explore things like that and I want to mention um, a, pl- a really cool plugin called the gatekeeper by Omni by polyverse uh, which which is basically um, a VCA thing it's like an envelope thing which you can draw and and, and do lots lots of shapes very complex shapes and things like that but and you can run audio through it, uh, but it also generates DC. So that's kind of a way to integrate. That's a that's a neat way for for, for my 
in from from my perspective to to interact with modular because you you can automate or draw the vca or not the vca sorry the 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 cv um and and so it will run in sync in your door and everything and and then make that control your your modules so that's a uh, that's something that i'm i haven't integrated yet uh integrated it's on the yet, list uh, to my <laughs> yeah on the list of things to do another thing that i'm trying to incorporate is a way to i have this midi um midi trigger uh midi trigger thing which 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 you can run uh, 12 notes and convert them to uh to gates to gates basically 12 gate signals um and what i want to do is have in my auto load song in my you know default setup 12 different rhythms like quarter note 16 uh, etc ah so like a clock divider which, right which yeah. run which run on different midi notes and they're always available so whenever you hit play you're already in sync and you have the trigger sources which you can patch re in uh, triggering lfos rather than using uh, triggering sorry envelope generators it, in kind of loop rather than using LFOs. So things like that, I'm quite into that, that sort of integration. I'm not sure I would, I would go into that on the screen modular because yeah, it, it kind of beats the point. It's interesting you say that because in many ways, modular patches uh, uh, are basically a series, you know, usually I was talking to Richard Devine about this and he, when he creates a patch, he he creates just a series of multiple routing paths, and it's just a question of when you bring them in and how you, you're mixing effectively all of those different routings. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of that's to do with clock dividers. And clock dividers, as we've seen, you know, they become a very major part of a modular system. But I mean, you can do the same thing in MIDI as well. So, I mean, the idea of having uh, that in a virtual way that maybe goes out into the real world and drives your modulars so that you can immediately just kind of go, right, I've got this sound, that, you know, this is maybe a, a, a VCO into a VCF and I'm just basically driving that rhythm from the, the kind of the virtual vo uh, modular side of it. It makes a lot of sense. I, I, I can see how that could work. I don't know if... I don't know how you work, uh, non-Eric, in terms of musically. I mean, like many of us, we don't have an awful lot of time, so... No, George, but my question to you would be... Do you feel that there is a, that you gain something sonically? Can you get something out of your modular system that you wouldn't be able to get out of? Yeah, some speed. Sort of speed of speed of use. That's that's and that that helps to me. That would help the creative process because I don't end up getting lost in modular time because I've already got like a bunch of things that I can just kind of go, okay, that's this is the software part of it that is synced to whatever session I'm working on. I can plug in the analog things and they will already be kind of working at the correct tempo with the correct clock divisions that I can then mess with the, the, the sonic side of it with greater ease because figuring out how to do that in a patch or maybe having to throw even more patch cables at the system is Nick, a slow is process. Is your gain that you think you can get s different sounds out of your modular system? Or is it just more fun to get the sounds out of the modular system? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find the point where is if, if we start to, 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 to get all the uh, organization, all the management, you know, 
like mm. we now know how we can do it in the DAW, just boot up, you just load up a project and you're ready to go. You've got all your defaults ready. Everything is nicely organized. You can save it, recall it anytime. And now you're trying to do that with your modular only stuff. Par- only project. partially. No. Only partially. I don't see the difference between that and, you know, starting as a... At, at a preset you know it's kind of like you're flipping through presets when you're playing on a synth that isn't modular and you just go oh that's where i'm starting and then you're off on the front panel turning it into something else that fits the moment that you have that you and you're, you're doing in. that because it sounds better does um, it sound i mean sonically i mean could i don't think you that matters hear- no, okay weren't, weren't you just weren't you just advocating the process rather than the result so yes i was i was <laughs> and i was trying to find out whether uh you you're trying to manage the modular because of the experience not the yes, sound because i want okay. to use it i would okay. rather use something physical I, I that's the thing i think anyway but um yes i just come back i, I did meet luke pop at uh at nam actually really nice bloke in fact uh yeah and i think he's from tel aviv um i I didn't do that thing. Is like, oh, do you know you, Ad? Because he's sometimes in Tel Aviv. I didn't do that. You know, it's an easy. It's like when you meet people from another country and they ask you, do you know some random person that might be in a population of several million? Uh, just like <laughs> say, I didn't do that. But yeah, lovely bloke. Um, it's an interesting idea, and I think that the I think it's got a lot of legs. And I think the fact that the VCV rack has come out and is it is so available. I mean, some of the things that are really cool about it are the fact that you can have multiple audio interfaces in the same. Uh, patch so you're not you know when you're in the daw you often you know without aggregating you don't tend to get individual access to individual uh, audio interfaces so easily and that's the thing that are kind of interesting you can have dedicated things for cv you can bring things back in you can control you know there's a lot of i think there's i think there's legs and i i, I detect that maybe uh, you're skeptical and you you don't necessarily have so much of a use for it you know and in the situation that you're working in so you know maybe maybe it's just for my my scenario most probably be i had a uh, i did a 10 uh, part video series with the guys from schneider's laden here yeah and we built a euro rack and it was all fun and i played around with it for a, a couple of days uh, when after we assembled it and i thought it was okay <laughs> but it didn't it didn't i didn't get a hard on uh, just you know from the sound and from the sounds i thought i could maybe because I'm a more of a conventional musicians musician, I used to be a trans producer and a punk guitarist. So my my uh, my level is low. You know, I just need some basic good sounds. And so uh, for me, it was um, I thought uh, it wasn't worth the trouble. Mm, I don't know. I, I know. Yeah. Do you, what do you think? Because I mean, in some ways, what this is enabling in many ways is people who maybe aren't getting into modular because they feel it, it's impossible to apply to their workload, uh, to their workflow. Something this with this level of integration might make them think, well, actually, I can see how now I could use that in my workflow, similar to what you were saying with your sort of uh, your trigger matrix. Yeah, I think that uh, that that people, um, it it definitely helps people venturing into this world of of modular without spending too much money which is a factor as well because if you want to to have a system which is half decent you have to to spend several thousands uh, of pounds um and then and then you know and and like non eric said it it depends on what what you want to do with it so i have 
I treat my system because I'm not into kind of watery ambient self-evolving uh, con constant looping uh, random ethereal kind of uh, sounds and sonics. I'm more into bass lines and 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 things Melodic like that. Parts, so for me, yeah. it's just yeah, yeah, it's just another another kind of source of. So it's like the the one on one that I can use for bass or and it's just another thing where and and it doesn't really matter whether it's analog or digital as such um but but it just for me it's a, it's a it's an it's an instrument to 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 get inspired by and to 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 stumble up, uh, upon things that i wouldn't otherwise or with plugins because it's just a different experience and um um but I can I can see how this could really lure newcomers into this world of of uh, modular and uh, and I'm I'm sure it will lead to to very interesting um, sonic results and 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 incorporating it within different uh, genres of of whatever music yeah. uh, I think I think that's you know. a, I mean I I think that's all we can hope for really that you know that more tools not always great but you know things that you can make that are unique which you can with Wondula means that, that you know there may be some unique stuff anyway I'm going to leave it there and I'm just going to bring in a message from our sponsors Of course, this is uh, Ozone, Isotope Ozone, uh, long-time sponsors of the podcast. Uh, you can win a copy of Ozone 8. There'll be details at the end of this. Very powerful mastering setup with uh, intelligent databases and uh, artificial intelligence that basically allows you, or machine learning that allows you to kind of start with a point tell it where you want to go and it will give you some suggestions that are really kind of unique to the audio material that you put in it and where you want to end up. You've got a tonal balance control uh, which is in the uh, advanced version which allows you to kind of visualize a lot more clearly the frequency areas of a mix and where you're aiming for. It gives you a lot of latitude so you're not aiming to kind of do an exact carbon copy it just and it also allows you to be able to control other instances of Ozone 8 and also Neutron 2 within the same DAW document so you can kind of work on the mastering phase while tweaking the individual tracks at the same time. Very powerful stuff. We've also got the ability to uh, compare up to, I think it's 10 tracks, so if you're looking to kind of get in the ballpark for something you can AB with uh, level matching so you can get a really tight and easy way to listen to specific regions of different songs just to kind of see how close you're getting to the, your, your target sound. I mean, it doesn't have to be just for mastering. You can use it for EQ, single track processing, loads and loads of different ways to use it. So if you want to check out Ozone, uh, it really is a very powerful way to work on your mix. With all those extra visual tools, it also makes it a lot more careful, a lot more easy to use. So uh, isotope.com forward slash Ozone will get you there. You'll be able to download a working demo I think it works for about 10 days there's also a whole ton of tutorial materials to show you how to get the most out of this stuff well worth checking out uh, once again we thank Isotope for uh, providing the prize for this week's competition thank you very much to them indeed so uh, don't forget isotope.com forward slash ozone 
And of course, we've also got uh, the competition. Uh, last week we asked, uh, well, I was a bit unprepared because I didn't have it, but we have a winner. The winner of last week's competition uh, was called someone called at Display Studios. That's their Twitter handle. So if you want to get in touch at Display Studios, uh, you will be uh, the recipient of a fully working and a fully authorised copy of Ozone 8. And we've got a competition this week. Uh, we're looking for the hashtag Master and Deliver. Uh, which obviously is the process because you deliver it to various platforms. You can master for MP3, you can master for, you know, uh, Final Master, all sorts of ways of doing it. Uh, so we're looking for the at master and deliver, hashtag master and deliver, one word, and the hashtag ozone8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's master and deliver, one word, to and ozone8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And once again, we thank them for their continued sponsorship of the show. Right, I'm going to go straight into the other big news, which has been... Uh, lurking and has really hit the mainstream media this is the uh, the news of gibson kind of facing some fairly serious financial difficulties and it's looking like you know they may not be able to make their loan repayments and who knows what's going to happen and it seems almost inconceivable that such a massive and long running brand i mean we're talking i think it's 116 years they've been going it's an epic kind of sort of seismic shift in the industry. I mean, this could be, you know, there's been, I've heard stuff on national radio, national TV, people talking about it and how it, you know, how could this happen, all of these things. I'm going to come to you first, yeah, because I know you're a guitarist. I don't know if you own any Gibson products or whether it's, because it was a very aspiration. I mean, you know, the quality and all of those kind of rock gods and icons over the years, you know, they're the people that you would be kind of going, I want a guitar like that because then I can be that person. Absolutely. I mean, this just seems almost inconceivable, Absolutely. doesn't it? Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I started my way uh, as a guitarist on a Strat, but I own several uh, Gibson guitars, and uh, you know, I think that something like that shouldn't be allowed to happen, whether it's by the state or whatever, or you know, that should. Be, it's an institute. It's an American institute, and it should be. It shouldn't be allowed to to go under because it's it's just. Uh, I don't know. It's it's part of our existence, you know. It's uh, it's like the language of rock uh, and roll, isn't it? Really, I mean, and therefore absolutely, music as a absolutely, whole. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't imagine uh, Gibson stop. Uh, you know, I just hope that that they will they will recover um, or or get. I don't know. Get the the finances or whatever they need uh, to. To keep on um, building those amazing uh, guitars, and it's not only guitars; they have, uh, you know, quite a few interesting products, and they actually contributed quite a lot to the to digital networking, digital audio networking, and and things like that. So, they were they actually, I think, pretty much paved the way for for digital uh, audio networking back in the. Oh, really? Early what was the technology? And... What was the technology that that, that they were? Put... I, I I don't remember. Um, I don't remember, but they did have uh, a, 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 like an audio an audio network, um, hmm. and yeah, it was very interesting. So it's not that it's yeah yeah they have oh, obviously the guitars is the is the the thing that they're known for, uh, but it's a major. I don't know. 
It just, just seems like that a, will, that... a, a real cock up. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. That, Absolutely. I mean, uh, because Absolutely. let's not forget, Absolutely. I mean, they started out, I mean, obviously when you've got the guitars, but, you know, before that it was sort of Woody Guthrie, it was mandolins, it was banjos, you know, some of those early mm -hmm. products are iconic in, in American folk music history and it's just astonishing. Non-Eric, I can see your, you have a, a is that a, a real Les Paul or just are you just pleased to see us? It's a real Les Paul. Ah, Les Paul. Oh, oh. So I hey, can see you. Yeah. There we go. Nice. Les Paul's standard. Gold yes, top. it is. Not, no, no, not gold top. Oh. Some sort of cherry, whatever. I used to be an exclusive ah, Fender. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Is that a Fender? I can't tell if it is or not. No, it's an Ibanez. <laughs> ah, I was going to say. <laughs> it's a Fender-type shape. One of those uh, early uh, 70s copies of the Fender from Ibanez, which they weren't allowed to um, sell after some point, I think after 78 or something. So this is a 76 Ibanez. <laughs> wow, cool. But on the topic of the uh, the Gibson thing is, I mean, Gibson is a brand, but also a conglomerate of many, many, many companies. And it's kind of, I think this is a typical uh, situation that we've seen uh, happening in the music uh, industry in the last couple, uh, last five to 10 years, especially since money has become so cheap. There's been a lot of investment companies investing into, um, you know, music companies. We've seen it all over. And from this sort of, it, I think Gibson is more than just the guitar brand. You know, we, we know yeah. there's a couple of companies behind it. Uh, you remember that they bought Oberheim some time ago, 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Yeah, uh, and presumably sold it to sold it to Behringer recently. Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, so so there's, there's more to it than just, oh, there's a guitar, there's this traditional guitar company yeah, going agreed. under. No, it's it's some it's a company, an investment company that has invested in, in products, in companies, in whatever. We don't even know what is going on behind the scenes. And they kind of sort of screwed up. Not screwed up because people are not buying Gibson guitars anymore. I think it's it's they've probably mismanagement of some sort and investment into maybe brands that didn't work i don't know i but i just know that it's it's more than oh there's a guitar company going sure. down no it's 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 a big 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 uh structure of many many companies investments going here we don't know what's going on and as we know that uh, is it akg got bought yes. by samsung got bought by samsung so there's a lot of uh money coming into our uh, industry from other sources, investing, buying companies, there's, then there's still the label, the name is there, some of the engineers are still there, but it's, it's, it's something different. And so when we, when we think of Gibson and we look at the Les Paul and the mandolins and the tradition, and then I think that's already gone 20 years ago. Maybe so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. It's the vintage. Stuff. I think that's interesting, though, because I, I mean, I have a, I have quite a strong belief. You know, we've seen it in a number of uh, companies that you know, once they bring in 
the kind of management consultant and the investment and they start to bring in the sort of CEOs that are used to working in Fortune 500s and they're looking to kind of the exit strategy and all of that. So it, it, do, it just... I, it doesn't work in the creative industry because there's a different, and it's 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 a really weird dilemma because what presumably is happening is you get money guys who probably want to be doing something a bit more interesting. You know, they've made a load of money. They're not interested in in share, stocks and shares and you know futures and stuff like that. They want to do something a bit more funky. So they think I'll invest in the creative industry, in the music industry. I want to be part of this rock and roll thing because it makes me feel a bit more interesting than my run-of-the-mill, boring banking job. So there's the allure. I mean, obviously, there's there's the notion that there's um, there's there's profits in it as well. But I think not always. And I think that that's the part of the problem. What tends to happen is they then get applied because they think, I need to now apply my... This is how we do it in the, you know, in the whatever the industry is that I'm involved in before, whether it's, you know, loans or whatever. And it just, it really is completely incompatible with creative industry and, and you know I, I'm guessing you know for instance Yoad I mean you 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 we were talking before the show started that the the notion that you know when did a soft line a software release ever meet its deadline you know in terms of in terms in terms of having banking investment and high level investment that sort of thing just shouldn't you know it there's no there's, there's no kind of way for them to deal with that because it's it's like well hold on the the spreadsheet says this we need to do X or Y, and you end up with massive compromises being made and things going out before they're ready because they have to hit whatever, because a loan is due or there's a dividend or whatever. And it really ruins everything, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I've been fortunate enough to, to work on Waves products and, and it doesn't quite work that way on Waves. And, uh, you know, a, a product is released only when it's ready, regardless of, of whatever pressure and uh, financial kind of uh, considerations and things and things like that um, but yeah it's true that Gibson is is a, is a total different beast it's a it's a huge company and the the, the money you know just imagine how many guitars N nevertheless the the other things that they deal with but just guitars imagine how many of those they they flog daily and it's and they own epiphone and and it's a different it's a different type of beast entirely so uh uh waves as much as as it's the biggest uh, i suppose or one of the biggest um soft music software companies um it's still a, a tiny comp boutique company in comparison to gibson or or, or the other kind of beast so it's a, it's a different uh you know, yeah, it, it's it's just entirely. sad. I I think it's just it, it it's just sad, and it just feels like you know we we saw the same thing happen with Pro Tools and Avid. You know, they got the money people in, and the money people did all the dividend, and and it just sort of you know all the people who were coming up with the innovation got sacked. And it just it was all kind of mm -hmm. it's all it all goes a bit wrong, yeah. I think. And I just it, that but that people seem to not learn. I can't think of any. I mean, I suppose there are instances where it does work, but you know, it's like Yamaha investing in Steinberg. You know, that works because Yamaha are a music and creative company as well as the many other things they do. So they sort of understand the paradigm a bit better than, you know, Acme Holdings, you know. Uh yeah, you can say you can say a similar thing about about Apple and Logic, uh, which in the beginning it seemed okay. And then with the release of Logic 10 or Logic X, it was it was horrible. But now it's back on it's been back on track for a while now and it's it's quite good. Although they they you know they have to deal with a lot of 
um, pressure from Apple uh, in the kind of garage band arena and iPads and things like that. And but they still they still kind of hold their their, their ground uh, in terms of innovation and uh, and kind of bread and butter and and stability and and new features and so yeah i no guess it depends on on who sorry not like what they did with iWorks they just programmed it once and then it just never got updated it's or pages or whatever you know there's a couple of apple products that yeah they're well as, as with ever i suppose sorry you know. for interrupting but yeah no you're absolutely right <laughs> i think you're right yeah i mean i think uh it is it can be done it, it can be done and it, it just it obviously is harder than than we must imagine you know because it's just people don't seem to get it right very often i suppose yeah i i you know i i work in in waves and four waves which is a kind of relatively large organization in 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 the kind of software manufacturing um, arena but i'm glad that i don't have to in my business i employ a few people and i have a studio and i have a lot of expenses but it's 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 nothing in comparison to to what you have to to deal with when you when you run a company of i, I guess there's 250 people in, at waves or something like that now so it's it's crazy, you know. It's it's so many people that you're responsible for their their livelihood and they have families and and this and that. So anything that goes wrong, you're responsible for so many lives. You know, it's not just whether you're gonna the the, the song you're working on now is gonna become a hit or not. It's it's different type of and scale of of. of <sighs> considerations and yeah. uh, and then you're worried about you know the the, the finance managing the finance and, and shareholders yeah. i think that's where it becomes difficult as well i mean because then you've got to fulfill dividends and all that sort of thing anyway i Absolutely. think we should go for something completely different now so how about something like this This might seem like a thing from nightmare. One of these somewhere deep down in a basement in a cardboard box, probably still talking to itself. But maybe there's a use for these annoyingly endearing little creatures. What about Furbies on a stick? Nah, that ain't quite it. What about a Furby picnic? There's got to be more uses than that, surely. Well, for the past few years, I've been dreaming up of a machine that will finally give these tragically discarded little dream boats a use. And here's a concept picture from a tragically. I'll fast forward it so he can hear what what it actually ends up being. So there we have it, the rather unlikely Furby organ. Uh, and I know that Furbies have been, long been sort of circuit bent. I remember uh, there was a podcast we did some time ago where Mark Tinley was talking about uh, he, he was circuit bending as Furby and they, they often got into that. And we were talking about these kind of mad uh, mad individuals just doing what they felt like. So there you go, non-Eric. There's, a, there's a, a, an example of something that will never, ever see the light of day apart from maybe an art piece. I can't imagine how much work, I mean, well, I can imagine how much work and stuff went into it, but isn't that what we're looking for? These kind of individuals who are slightly mad, uh, slightly annoying, but are just going to do something that just you just go, oh my God. And that that has, again, hit mainstream media. Uh, two and a half million views on that video. You know, he's really hit that. I hope he monetized it because it must have cost him a fortune to make. Yes.
Yes, 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 okay. yes. Very, very funny. Love, I love all this stuff. I think it's a great uh, viral uh, video. And um, Nick, we should come up with more videos like this. You know, get some more views. What do you think? Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I, I would let concur. Me see what I've got stuck in the cupboard somewhere here. <laughs> um, weird. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always great to have these sort of uh, web picks, you know, where you find something and some doing something really weird. Uh, yeah, fun. But I think uh, it's interesting. Well, uh, the, look, my computers had a history there. You know, you did the synth bike and various other things, and the hundred oscillator bank, and you know, there's a whole bunch of things that he's done. So it's all tied. You know, he's figured out a way to tie it in with his love of music technology and to be able to do this stuff. And I think he got so he got picked up by Red Bull and got sort of sponsored by it. So you know, his creative mind is being kind of is is being, uh, I suppose, um, monetized. Maybe he's figured out a way to earn a living out of it, and that would be great. And it's something different, isn't it? It's not just another house beat. It's actually something completely different, which I think has got to be a good thing. It is excellent. I give it a like. I like. give it a like. Yes, I, I give it mean. a like. Yes, I, I will give it a thumbs, like. Thumbs up. I really like what uh, what he's doing, and the the hundred oscillator thing was crazy, and not not any less kind of ambitious and and crazy. Uh, you know, it's like saying to people, "Well, you wanted analog oscillators, and you're thinking about, oh, this synth only has two oscillators, and this one has three. Well, here's a hundred. Let's see what we can do with that. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of so over the top and so ridiculous and so. But he puts so much time into it. I follow his his channel and uh, and it's it's, you know, it's it's beyond entertaining because uh, I think it's quite educational as well for people who who again don't have experience in 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 analog and and kind of all that uh, aspect of it so i think it's great i'm yeah, personally you know <laughs> yeah exactly the the furby thing is not my kind of thing but uh, i can i can uh, yeah i it's mean ter- it's actually me, quite terrifying isn't it, when he gets it going <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i was demonic uh, when i when i exactly when i saw it i was i was thinking oh those poor creatures you know it's like uh, it's it's like, like a cat a, organ um, yeah <laughs> exactly exactly it's it's kind of for me this one specifically was was slightly over the top in uh but i like what what he's doing i think it's, it's interesting he does post a lot of the kind of work in progress and he sort of says this is how i figured out how to do this and so you know you can get and that's the thing that's interesting about it it's it's sort of it, there's an element of this exploration and this kind of uh, this is you know what I'm trying to figure out is how to do this and and but also he creates a dialogue because people kind of go oh have you tried this and mm-hmm. you know so he's going to get okay. so I mean I think I don't think he managed to actually circuit bend the Furby so that literally a key makes something happen. There's a couple of Arduino boards per Furby which and one of them is dealing with some of the the singing parts. He couldn't actually get them to he couldn't hack them in, in a way to make them sing particular notes. So the notes are coming from the other way. So it's a little bit, no. you know, not quite. So there is uh, there is more to uh, to the channel and to the guy than just the, the video. There's background videos. There's more, more yeah, content, yeah, yeah. how Absolutely. he does it. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that I makes you sense. Should, uh, you should definitely, you should def- definitely check, check it out. I think yeah, I give him a uh, sub. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably a good idea. I, would, I, don't... <laughs> I, would, uh, I, I actually would, would maybe give him the the title of the audio macgyver 
you know, because I don't know if you saw that he built like drum pads out of out of alu aluminium foil and 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 glue and things like that. So he kind of does something from nothing, which is I think is quite remarkable. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's uh, you know he started out. I think the synth bike was the sort of where mm. he really sort of hit the. Uh, Hit the hit the big time, and I think we shot a video. Uh, our guy Ed uh, shot a video of the synth bike too. And uh, when we were at, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the conference now. It was uh, in London last year, and uh, he had a he had the hundred oscillator synth there, which was quite hard to figure out because all it takes is somebody to come up and move all the knobs, and you trying to get them in, you know, some form of detuned unison is is uh, almost like a day's work <laughs> which but that's the pa that's the parody of it isn't it it's not supposed to be yeah, something that yeah. you would necessarily use unless you know what you're doing i think that by the it's like um it's like painting the the fence of regent's park you know that it's constantly being painted because by the time you 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 finish it you have to start all over again it's like tuning those hundred oscillators because by the time <laughs> you finish they all drift and so we have to start all over again. Now, there's a, the ultimate modular process, Hans. How about that? That's that would be that yeah, would be totally, but, wouldn't it? No. And it also works because it's a great presentation. Let's not forget it. I mean, it's yeah. a great idea and it's a great gimmick. But the guy is also a very, very good presenter. He presents it really well. It's really sort of funny and it's great. Enthusiastic, absolutely. Yeah. Um, has anybody got time for one more or has we got to get off? I just wanted to cover these uh, the voice controlled spot effects, which I thought was actually really cool. Did you see this thing? If I play if I press mm -hmm. play, is everybody okay for it? Here we play. go. This is uh Krotos Audio uh Reformer. I'll let it I'll let it play, it's only a minute long. Perhaps you get the idea. Basically, the idea of this is it's a free plugin that you get uh, uh, called Reformer, and then you apply. You can uh, buy or subscribe to a whole bunch of different libraries, and the libraries allow you to take either live audio or recorded audio, and so you can spot say if you're doing Foley or whatever. This is how many Foley artists work. They'll work to picture, and that you can see there was a video that went out recently where there's a couple of people and they're all sort of scrunching cloth and walking on gravel and stuff and it, it sort of takes that physicality of being able to uh, sync to picture but then you just apply the library to it and you've got various synthesis aspects to it and it just seems like a really great idea you can use your voice i mean you saw, also saw people there kind of making lion roars and all of that sort of stuff along with to picture and then you can use the beast library or whatever it may be to then revoice it effectively or reform it which is kind of you know i guess is why it's the reformer um I don't know, um, Yoad, I don't know if you do um, any sort of stuff to picture or maybe you've worked with people who do. And you, you know, it's, a very, yeah, yeah. it's a very involved process. What do you think of this? I think, um, I, you know, I, I think I would like to try it. I don't quite understand how it's implemented. You know, when you see those promo videos, sometimes you think, oh, it's great. And then you, I, I have to, to experience the actual thing and see how it, how it 
you know, response to the voice and, and how it actually works, whether it's mapped and all that. But it seems, it seems quite impressive. Um, I have done it before, and I know that a lot of uh, Foley artists and, uh, and sound designers actually use, use their voices uh, in order to, to... Because sometimes when you, you, when, you, know, you, and you, you see this plane or something and you want to do like... It's just easy to do it. You just, you know, it's done. You do it and it's done. So if you can record that and manipulate that, sometimes it's better than trying to find the right sound effect or this or that. And so I think if it actually works, then I think it's, uh, it's very interesting. I don't know how rich and how diverse is and detailed is their library. Uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a bunch what, of things here. Yeah, but, the, the, but, not, but not too many. You know the the so uh, I don't know. I I would definitely like to to explore it. It's it seems very interesting and uh, uh, it it can be really a, a really cool tool for for music creation as well. I mean, I just have to say that uh, once very very a very long time ago, I actually recorded uh, drums using the AMS uh, the RMX uh, fifteen eighty. Uh, with two with a kick drum on one channel sampled kick drum and a snare sampled on the other and basically just hit a chair with two SM57s triggering each one of the channels you know so so it's the, the physical element of of kind of doing stuff like that I, I, I really like it and uh, I'm, I'm very interested to to, to actually get my hands on on it and see how it actually works yeah i think we've got uh, we're trying to get a review sorted out uh for that because i think it just looks really interesting i know no, no, this is kind of almost goes back to the kind of uh the idea of making the process easier being able to do i mean because foley work and placing footsteps i mean it's it's a mind boggling if you don't know what you're doing it's a nightmare i mean it just because you mm. go here's five steps and you just go oh they sound they actually sound like five samples like, and i can like, tell them up yeah, yeah. you like know a, it's really hard like to a do. typewriter yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we just, uh, I think in one of the, my uh, recent podcasts, Mark talked about it. He's uh, also doing a lot of music for films and commercials. And he said, yeah, if we have something really simple, we can use a sound library. You know, we go into the sound, find a sample and try <laughs> to use it. But if it's something more elaborate and more important. Oh, I think your mic's gone. Oh, what about that? He needs a new battery. We'll come back to it quickly. I tell you, one thing that I really like about the the idea of this is because you can use movement and articulation to create those things. And, and I, I have had, there's a bunch of videos of people looking at it and showing how to do things. And you do get all of this sort of uh, the ability to modulate envelopes and create uh, variations. So, you know, okay, you do these sort of foot, footsteps and stuff and you can create round robin or you can create variation. It's, it's very similar in many ways to the way that the games work, um, the game engines work. You might end up with 10, you know, Foley samples, but what they do is they, they create sort of automation, almost that like, uh, what would you call it? It, it? It's like parameter locking. So each time this happens, there's a different set of parameters. So that same sample yeah. doesn't sound the same. So you end up with mm -hmm. the kind of that situation. And I think that, but I, I think you're right, Yoad. It, it, it's like, how instantaneous is it? If it's really instantaneous, then it makes a lot of sense to be able to do it 
just viscerally, viscerally like that yeah. rather than programmatically. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very interesting to to watch your watch your review and maybe I'll download the uh, the demo and see how it works. So we've got. I think there are some free libraries you get with it to get you going. Look, we've got some pluggy. Oh look, that looks like the old gig. Wow, it's a fresh one. Whoa, it's coming out of the bag and everything. <laughs> Have we got him? Not yet. Okay, this is some live patching here. It's fascinating, folks. I'm sure you'll agree. Let's go to the uh, four shot, and then we can keep an eye on things. And then when he comes back into the picture, his audio will come back. One, two, Just, three, check. Hello. There we go. We have you. We have Hello. you. That's why I like analog. That's why I like cables. That's why I hate anything with a battery in it and yeah. Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or WLAN or whatever. It's I hate it. Back don't, to the SM58. Don't get me started on Bluetooth. God, it's just a non-functioning technology <laughs> as far as I can say. Anyway. A, it's quite interesting, actually, uh, to discuss this because uh, I'm using the new Sennheiser um, AVX uh, here. And they're great because they're really compact, really small, great. You can put it to your, your uh, DLSR, to your uh, photo camera, whatever, because it's very small. What is it? Pro Sorry. I, what is it? Pardon? What is it? I don't know what it is. Oh, it's a, it's a um, uh, what's it called? Uh, radio mics. Oh, radio, radio mic receiver. Ah, this okay. Is a small radio mic receiver. Got ya. And it's 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 nice because it's really small, and the only problem is that it doesn't have standard batteries, and that ah. also goes for the radio mic that I've used. And so, um, they they just released the old versions again with the uh, with the batteries, because in in these cases you just go to the next uh, gas station get some batteries and yeah, oh, and with this on I'm out of luck, and so uh, I have to go back to the trusted cable yeah it makes a lot of sense well that i mean when we buy radio mics this is getting a bit off topic but when we buy radio mics uh we use the uh oh i can't remember what they are. i think they're samson's i can't no i can't remember what they are oh, that's terrible but they've got uh the the receiver packs have got massive batteries in them and they are rechargeable but they last all day but the the the, 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 the body packs have got double a's in and i always prefer that because you know once you're done it's like well I, unless i buy another one and just chip pair it up it's ridiculous so it makes yeah, a lot of sense. Always somebody who, who forgets to to uh, charge, charge the batteries, the, charge the batteries, or you left them on because you know it's, it's always it always happens all the time. And if you just can change the battery with a standard battery, you just go out and buy one, put it in, and off you go. Exactly, I would totally agree. So there you go, kids. There's a lesson learned right there. <laughs> so he's backed back to the uh, fifth. Now you're really looking like some kind of like urban rapper. <laughs> hey man yeah mic drop who's got no. a smoke man yeah don't say anything you'll ruin it just just stick yeah. with the stick with the way it looks um so anyway <laughs> yeah the Cro Krotos audio uh it's worth checking out this is reformer um it's uh if i go to the web page uh like I say it's a free plugin it's vst AU AAX, uh and you get a black leopard sound library which you know may or may not be something you specifically need but if you didn't then uh you can also buy the individual libraries uh various different i think they start about 12 quid and they go up to about 36 but you could buy the whole lot you know in various different bundles so you've got things like 
let, if it uh, works, it's great. You know? Yeah, exactly. It just if it happens that I suppose the thing is would be is like if it doesn't and they're how many libraries are they releasing? Because I, I mean, I could see this being becoming easily becoming a standard. I mean, I guess Foley people might be a bit cheesed off by it, but lots of people, you know, lots of people can't afford Foley or you know don't realise they need it, and then it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? I wonder if it's you know a bit too democratising of a specialist skill, but it seems like very brilliant technology. Um, so I think. Maybe that's it for this week. I wanted to slip that one in just because I know we've hopefully got a review coming up on that soon and I wanted to uh, just yeah. give it a bit of a heads up. And, and we had the radio mic accident. Yeah, exactly. So we've covered a lot yeah. of ground. We've covered a lot of ground. So, <laughs> non Eric, what's coming up on your channel? Where, where, uh, where, what's the next thing for people to look out for? Okay, uh, today uh, we released uh, a, a very brief, 45 minutes comparison between Ableton Live 10, new version, and Bidwick 2.3. They're both uh, clip Ah, Battle of the Clip Doors. Yeah. The Battle of the Clip Doors uh, just released today. And on Monday, I think we've going to have, I'm not quite sure yet. Okay. Can you give us? Can you give us? Can you give us a a kind of how did they fare against each other? I mean, obviously, one's at version ten and one's at version two, so I suppose that might be yeah, a factor, I mean, right? Basically, if you if you're more into uh, customization, if you want to do your own sounds, you want your, you know you want to go dive deep into yourself into the software um, and create your own sounds with this new synthesizer, then you're better off with Bitwig 2.3. But if you're more a preset guy and you say, oh, I'd rather rely on a huge library, a big community, lots of, uh, uh tutorial videos, there's a, you know, there's all the, lots of work has already been done for me. If you're that kind of person, you should go for Ableton. Right. Well, that sounds like a good top line, but well worth checking out. Anyway, thank you very much for that. Um, no, Eric, um, we'll see. Uh, well, I'll, I'll go to Yoad. Thank you also for joining us, Yoad. Uh, it's been a pleasure as ever. Um, I'm very pleased My you pleasure, can make time always. for us. Uh, what's your, is there anything, I always ask you this, but I never know whether you can actually tell us anything that you work. Is there anything, okay, how, what have you worked on? What was the last thing you worked on that was released that people can listen to? How about if we go that way? Um, well, the last thing we released was the uh, Chef's Channel. Um, which is, uh, I think it's really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's a few things that we're working on. Like I said, you know, we've been working on this thing, which I can't really say what it is, but we have been working on it for, I think over two years now. So, uh, hopefully when it comes out eventually, and I'm not going to even discuss the, uh, deadlines and things like <laughs> no. that. Uh, okay. Not even going to try learned. to attempt to. <laughs> but hopefully it will be worth the, uh, not the wait, because no one knows it exists, so no one is waiting for it. But I think hopefully it will be worth the wait for us and the effort that we, we put into it. But it's yet to be seen. Well, we'll look forward to that. How about from your musical repertoire, what's your last last release that you could talk about? Um working with a band called uh, Off Bloom at the moment. Uh, really, really cool band. Um, doing some other stuff, which finally I can't disclose as well, because it's not only the software kind of side of things that is kind of secretive. Uh, but, you know, it's hard to talk about stuff before it gets released, because sure. 
you know, uh, you're not in you're but, not in control uh, of the final release date and the presentation of it and all that. So exactly, I get it. exactly. My get my it. work kind of ends once once I do the fade out. You know what I mean? So, uh, um, but yeah, a lot of interesting things are happening, and uh, it's very wow. exciting still. I learned Excellent. something today, Jod. How is it pronounced oh, correctly, please? Yoad, Yoad. Yoad, Yoad. I, I learned today yeah. that even in 2018, there is a fade out. I'm well, glad. no, I, 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 do, I do this <laughs> because that's how I used to do it. Now it's, it's more like, like this with the mouse, but, uh, you know, <laughs> <Okay>. same thing. <laughs> same thing. <laughs> we used to love to yeah. do that, you know, in the studio, just, okay, yeah. now we have a fade out. Okay, let's do it. Uh, Oh no! Yeah. Try again. <laughs> yeah, got to do the whole thing. I yeah. remember that. Yeah, the 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 fade out to your DAT machine. Yeah, all of that. Yeah. Ah, the good mm. old days, or maybe not. Who yeah, knows? Exactly. Well, chaps, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, non Eric. Uh, we'll see you again soon. I hope very much. We'll we'll probably see you in Berlin. Hopefully in May, where uh, if not yes, before, obviously will. online. Yes. Uh, uh, where a super booth. I don't know if you'll be at Music Messer. We'll be at Music Messer, but uh, I don't know whether you will or not. You may be there for an hour or two. Who knows? And Who also. Knows? And also, thank you very much, Yoad Nevo, uh, for joining us too. That's it for this week. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. And just to quickly remind you, if you want to enter the competition to win Isotope Ozone 8, uh, we're looking for the hashtag Master and Deliver. Uh, sounds like a kind of uh, highwayman, but it's uh, it, it's very appropriate. Master and Deliver, uh, one word, and Ozone 8 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's a Twitter competition. Just uh, tweet that, Master and Deliver, Ozone 8 and Isotope Inc. At, at Sonic State. Gosh, I'll get it out in the end. Anyway, you know what I'm saying because you're watching the video. That's it for this week. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. <laughs>